welcome to Views from the Monster, the podcast formerly known as Ship City. I'm your host, Connor, and I'm joined by my good pal, Aaron, and we're here to talk all things socks, break down what's been happening. Let's get into it, Aaron. Oh, How boy. you doing? Right, it's been a... I, I am feeling some type of way. <laughs> you know, in a week where they really don't, they don't sign anyone, they don't trade for anyone... The vibe is atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> that that's the best way I can put it. Um yep. gee, uh, man, oh it, win- Yeah. I mean winter weekend was this weekend. Yeah. So, so there was a lot to unpack from that. <laughs> we were gonna record Thursday. Um but then you know, we decided because of winter weekend we thought hmm, we might be able to, something might happen. You know, whether yeah. it, whether it's good or bad. There would be stuff to talk about. Yep. <laughs> Boy, were there. But yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, Red Sox fans did not disappoint, but we'll we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. But first, um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to catch you off guard here. Do you have any trivia ready? Ah, uh, trivia ready? Yeah. No. Oh, also, we're we're actually officially in video yes. now, so you can see the box. I I may have messed up last time. <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend was asking him where we were. Nice, so, nice. If she's watching, um, I got I got my beverages. I got nice frannies. I got uh, DP zero sugar. Oh yeah, Aaron loves a de- double penetration, and I got yep. some water in my Taylor Swift cup. And I got water in my corgi butt cup. Right, right there. Yep. <laughs> Two alpha right. men drinking from absolutely. <laughs> um. So real quick before we get into Red Sox stuff or even baseball mm. stuff, since we touched upon it last time, Drawn Mayo, new head coach of the Patriots. We thought that was probably going to happen. What are your thoughts? I'm I'm surprised it happened as fast as it did. Yeah, it was like a day after. It was like. Didn't even bother like uh, interviewing anyone. Just Mayo, here you go. Yep. And they've come out and said that they don't really plan on hiring a GM. Which, well, they is, yes, it's a so, it's a move. So yes and no. They 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 basically have said that right now they're just evaluating everything. So I believe the plan is that they will eventually uh, start interviewing GMs, but that might not happen until after the draft. Which is kind of the whole reason it's, you would it's like a, bit a GM. Weird, but I think at the same time, and this is just my thoughts on it, they're waiting to see who leaves when Belichick gets hired. Mm-hmm. Because once he gets hired, uh, the the rumors that I've heard is that people like Matt Groh, who is one of the prospective like player personnel, like he's the director of player personnel, I believe. So he would, uh, he would be one of the ones that would quote-unquote be elevated to GM. Mm-hmm. He might leave. Obviously, the Belichick's on the coaching staff, like Steve and the other son. I can't remember who. They might leave. You know, there might be an exodus. So I think that the idea is that everyone's kind of just like in a waiting pattern, seeing what happens there before they make any any other decisions elsewhere. Yeah, um, I think they have to hire somebody, um, mm. even, just to get a new voice in there. Cause mm-hmm. I saw the reports that were saying um, how Belichick did have the final say, so it really didn't matter if they didn't mm-hmm. line up. But still, now it's now is as good a time as any to kind of reset. 
Especially oh, yeah. now that, it sounds like Belichick's heading to Atlanta, which is hilarious that in would its be own right. Neat. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be kind of neat anyways. Um, um, but <clears throat> um, I do have – so before we get into baseball stuff, I do actually have some trivia for you. Yeah, I tried to stall for you with the, with the mayo. <laughs> That's all right. Um, what do you mean it's all right? You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I, this should be a little bit easier now. Okay. So I got. I'm gonna just go through Baseball a few questions. We'll see how this goes. Baseball for dummies. Uh, what state is the Metrodome located in? <laughs> All right, <laughs> New York. <clears throat> nope. <laughs> it's Minnesota. Oh, oh. oh. cut that. <laughs> <laughs> Cut, repeat. Hey, Connor, ready for trivia? What state's the Metrodome located in? Minnesota. Hey! <laughs> one for one. Yes. Uh, which baseball player is nicknamed Zorilla? What? Zorilla? Zorilla. Maybe Zorilla? What's he? Oh. An active player? No, not anymore. Oh. But recent. But recent. I I have no idea Zorilla. I th- I don't think he's he's active at least. You'll tell me in a minute. <laughs> yeah, who is it? It's uh it's Ben Zobrist. Oh yeah, no, he's he's been retired. Yeah, that's what I thought. <clears throat> oh. I was trying to think who who has a Z like Yeah, Ben Ben Zobrist. <laughs> well, yeah, that would make sense cuz Blake Snell is Snellzilla, which Mm. It's funny. I was I forget which podcast. I think it was baseball isn't or baseball is dead, and they were talking about how yep. like like baseball nicknames are terrible. It like mm. American nicknames, uh, like it's like Snellzilla, Belly, yeah, and then like uh, Shota Imanaga's nickname is like the pitching philosopher. Yeah, it's and, like he's and, absolutely uh, nutso. Yeah, Young Ho Lee's uh, with the Giants. His nickname is like Grandson of the Wind. Like Jesus, those are sick that's names. awesome. Those are sick nicknames, and we get like, um, yeah, we just got like Belly Zorilla. Yeah, yeah, not very creative bunch, are we? No. Uh, all right, last question. Uh, Joe DiMaggio's legendary hitting streak lasted for how many games? Uh, it's like fifty six or fifty seven. It is. It is fifty six. So there I you do go. remember you got that one. <laughs> there was always those stretches where Jackie Bradley would uh, threaten to to get there. Like he'd have like twenty uh, twenty game hit streak or something. It's like why? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and those were his only hits of the year. Yeah. Right. Um, all right. Cool. Let's uh, let's uh, now that we've wet the palate, we're ready to talk. Mm-hmm. We're, well, we're ready to rant. Really. Yeah. Got some quick hits though, just before we totally uh kill the vibe. But it's hard to kill a vibe that's already been shot dead multiple times. Um <laughs> Oh, I also for, before you do that, I forgot to mention I also have an Arizona energy. So we got multiple drinks on the on the studio today. Yeah. Just the the Bevy Boys, if you will. The Bevy Boys. Mm. That's what we should name the podcast, really. Should be the Bevy Boys. Views from the Monster, brought to you by the Bevy Boys. <laughs> Baseball's Bevy, Bevy Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Baseball's most Bevy Boys. Um, That's the new tagline. Yeah. <laughs> so, baseball. Uh, international free agency. <laughs> so I've tried to do this four times now. So, so baseball. <laughs> Let me. <laughs> let's just get on with this. 
I don't. We don't. The teams the that we're are real. It's not worth talking two hours about them <laughs> unless we're venting. True. But True. international free agency, uh, the signing period started. Red Sox have signed a whole bunch of players. Uh, five of them are were on Baseball America's Top 100 bonus board. Which, before anyone gets upset uh, that they, the first pl- uh, player they signed, Vladimir Asenio, came in at 37th. That's mm-hmm. that's not he's the 37th best player. It's just ranked based off the the bonuses they got or were projected gotcha. to get. Gotcha. So Vladimir Asenio, he's an outfielder from the Dominican Republic. Really good bats of ball skills. Doesn't strike out at all. Uh, they got Carlos. Never, uh, actually, they say. He's never yeah, striked out. Hardest guy to strike. Uh, hardest guy to strike out. And probably gonna, he's going to be a center fielder, um, most likely. Uh, Carlos Carasquel, third baseman out of Venezuela. Big 6'4", uh, righty. Probably going to stay at third base, but he's going to be a, a nice power hitter. Edwin Brito, another outfielder from the Dominican Republic. Uh, let's see. He's definitely a more power guy instead of Asenio, who's more contact, but probably like a corner outfielder. Uh, Dalvinson Reyes, right-handed pitcher from the Dominican Republic. Big kid, 6'5", 190. There was about 92 already with the fastball. And another thing to remember, these kids are like 16, 17. Yeah, like right. they're incredibly young, incredibly raw. International free agency is kind of a, a crapshoot. If the if like the baseball draft is a crapshoot, this is just like a waterfall of shit, based off like um, nothing against them, but it's just so like it. There's so much seasoning that needs to go on in their development um, that a lot of guys don't pan out. But um, the last guy. Uh, who was there in the top 100 of signees were, was uh, Anderson Furman, shortstop center fielder from the Dominican Republic. Um, super athletic, could play either short or center. Uh, we'll see in like five or six years. Yeah, well, who, who maybe. pans out? <laughs> yeah. If you're upset about they didn't sign like the top guys, just, just calm down. Yeah. Like guys like Brian Bayo and Sadan Raffaella signed for like less than like 500k I'm pretty sure. It's it, yeah, not. it really does at this stage it do, it's doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, that's been going on. Uh prospect rankings started coming out. Baseball prospectus I believe had four of them, four of our guys lift, listed. Yeah, my bad. Um, Roman Anthony, Marcelo Meyer, Kyle Teal, Sidon Raffaella with Miguel Blaze right on the outside uh, of their 101. Um, the, Roman Anthony was a top 10 prospect for them coming in at eight. But obviously big three, Marcelo was at 32 and uh, Kyle Teal was at 47. We're, we're going to talk about it a bit later, but they're... They're resting, or their entire future is banking on these guys mm-hmm. to perform. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Baseball America dropped their top 100 list with Marcelo Meyer uh, coming first at 14th, Roman Anthony 21, Kyle Teal 62, 
and Sedan Raphael at 94. Notable name missing, Nick York, someone who has been floated in trade rumors, didn't really show up in any of these lists, didn't really get any votes to be on the list. It's interesting. I don't think that's a knock on him in it by any means, but it's it's kind of interesting to see where the baseball world is pegging him. Uh, we got some interesting hires out of driveline. The, they're like a biomechanics pitching and hitting lab. Um, they hired JP Fasone, maybe Fasone. I'm not sure. He's the single A hitting coach in Greenville now, but the big name was Kevin body Bodie. I think body maybe. I, I think it was Bodie. Cause I listened to an interview, uh, not an interview, but. He used to work for the Cincinnati Reds in like uh, oh, yeah. in their front <clears throat> office, and they did a yep. like a presentation on him. He is a special advisor to Breslow on pitching research and development. So it's pretty neat, <clears throat> very neat. Completely revamp their pitching lab. Um, hopefully, they can keep everyone around for like three years, three four years, so that they can really get this thing into like a well-oiled machine but or or longer or longer hopefully maybe, longer. maybe they just keep these guys for like 10 years that'd be sick that'd be awesome <laughs> um but a lot they're really banking on a lot of the pipeline coming from guys already in the system uh hunter dobbins has been like a, a name that's been getting like a lot of talk recently he was uh Baseball America identified him as, like, the sleeper to watch. Uh, he was drafted, I forget if it was 21 or 22, but so he's been in the system for a couple years, kind of broke out last year. Someone like that is who you're hoping to see take a big jump up from, like, being ranked in the 30s to maybe cracking the top 15, top 10. Um. They kind of finalized their their uh, base coaches. They're bumping mm-hmm. Kyle Hudson over to third base. He's like the outfield uh, instructor. And putting Andy Fox at first base, I believe he's kind of taking over the infield instruction uh, mm-hmm. from Carlos Febles, who is no longer with the team. Honestly, I, I like Kyle Hudson. As much as you can like a base coach, I guess, in the sense that, mm-hmm. like, he just seems like a cool guy. Um, <laughs> does his job. Does his job. Uh, and then Andy Fox, like, first base coach, is a, you and I could be a first base coach. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite nuggets <laughs> about first base coaches is Ruben Amaro Jr. used to be, like, the general manager of the Phillies back when, like, all the talk was... Are they going to trade Cole Hamels for, like, Mookie Betts and Blake Swihart? Mm-hmm. A couple of years later, he was the Red Sox first base coach. Yikes. So it's a bit of a fall from grace. Wee bit. Mm. Um, and then last thing, it uh, came out on the 18th that the Angels and Red Sox were the finalists for Adam Duvall, which we talked about the need for, like, a right-handed thumper. Uh, for like right in between Devers and Casas, the bar Duvall, has fallen. <laughs> the bar is on the ground because 
Adam Duvall is a fine player. Like he had an outstanding April and then broke his wrist and kind of was, was very inconsistent. Yeah. After that. Um, and you kind of, you kind of replaced him already by bringing in, uh, Tyler O'Neill as like a right-hander with gold glove defense potential or not potential, but they've won gold gloves Massive injury concerns, but the power is definitely there. You just hope mm-hmm. that they can stay on the field long enough to get it. But I, I, I've mentally just prepared myself for Adam Duvall to be the next and only signing they make for the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna be so numb to it. Yeah, I mean, we literally went from Tay Oscar. It's like, oh, or, man, there's a chance. And then yeah, it was like, it was like okay, oh, he we wants lost to be him. here. Yeah. And, and then it was like, and oh, then it went yeah, to, Then he went to the Dodgers. And then we got Solaire. It's like, oh, okay, next best option. Then it was like, no, they're going to get right, out well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> he hasn't even signed yet. They they basically, I th- it was Hector Gomez who said that they were the front runners. Came out like a week or two later. It was like, yeah, they're going to get outbid. Yeah. Like, without even knowing. Because it sounds like the Red Sox don't want to sign anyone more than three years blows my mind i don't i don't get it i don't neither do. Especially i mean for that for, i mean i guess i get it for position players because we've got position yeah. players coming up yeah pitching like montgomery snell they're still available and mm-hmm. i've seen reports Their price is dropping yeah, because there's been one reported offer for Blake Snell. It was five one fifty from the Yankees. He said no. No one else is being like talked about in terms of like. Yeah. N- there's no other offers. He apparently wants like nine two seventy. Jesus Christ, dude! I mean, say, same AAV, but like no one wants nine to commit years, nine though? years to a pitcher who can't stay on the field, barely throws strikes, and like. <sighs> He doesn't have an attitude issue, but, like, he's definitely an outspoken guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, Montgomery came out today on, like, MLB trade uh, rumors. Said that his market is, like, eight, we used to think it was, like, the Carlos Rodon, like, you know, around, like, 27-ish. And now it's kind of, or, what did Rodon sign for? I want to say, like, 162. Yeah, sure. And now they're saying like uh he's looking at the Aaron Nola deal as a starting point, which was seven one seventy two. Jesus. If you're a fan who is still holding out hope for uh Jordan Montgomery, God bless your soul. Mm. I I'm still I still got a sliver. It's like still have oh, a sliver. It's a non zero chance. Um I it, and it's gonna have to come at like, it's gonna come like a week into spring training if like no one else is signing him. But yeah, everything's pointed back to Texas for him. Um, the Rodon deal was six one sixty two. So actually, that's not as bad as I remember. Mm. It's bad because he was bad, but <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, the problem that I have with all of this, and I, I guess if we want to jump into the main topics because this is mm-hmm. part of the main topic oh yeah we're done with the problem hits. i have 
with this whole like the reports that they're the Red Sox aren't going over three years. Basically, is what it's been said over the last week. We've kind of known about it over the course of the last few weeks is that they're not going over three years on any contract that they're offering people. Mm-hmm. And even three years was a stretch because recently, like as as recent as like a week and a half ago, it was they're not going over two years. Yeah, for so Solaire. but for Solaire specifically, but like even even with all of that, like you think about pitching. I get not wanting to go nine years for Snell or, like, maybe even as much as seven years for a guy like Montgomery. Mm -hmm. But, like, having it be a non-starter to go to four years or five years, it's like, oh, well, we're building the organization. We've got to build our our team and, you know, we're thinking about – it's like you can build guys up from the minors while also having a frontline starter who's here locked in for four years. It's like who who are you saving the spot for? Yeah, right. Like if you had like three outstanding pitchers coming up next year, mm-hmm. like okay, maybe. It's like they're saving <clears throat> the spots for uh, we're going to get into it now, like cuz uh Tom Warner and Craig Breslow did the media circuit before winter weekend even started. Mm. And mm-hmm. part of Craig Breslow's talk was he <laughs> he was uh saying how uh the rotation's probably going to be Giolito, Bayo, Crawford, Pavetta, and then Hauk, Whitlock, and Winkowski are going to fight for that fifth spot. That is poor. That is insulting. Mm-hmm. Uh, not even – I don't – the fact is, like, those are the guys that you're holding the spots for. Guys who have shown that they are not starters. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I get that Andrew Bailey is – has worked miracles before. He's fixed guys, turned them into aces. You are asking him to do that with literally every single piece of this rotation. Yeah, right. You're There's not saying not- like, oh, here's a project. Like, see if you can win. It's like, we need you to do this or our team is going to be like a 50-win team. Yeah, it's it's literally like, hey, Giolito sucked last year. Like, gave him more home runs than like we can count to. Um Fix him. Fix him. <laughs> also, Brian Bayo can't pitch in the daylight for whatever reason. Fix him. <laughs> also, Cutter Crawford. I saw um, someone brought uh, whipped out like uh, stuff plus and pointed out how like Cutter Crawford once he gets to the fifth inning has one of the biggest declines in his like fastball. Like it just it gets bad, mm-hmm. like below average. And that was like one of the things that he was. That was his calling card. He had a good fastball. Yeah, but it's like, hey, get fix Cutter Crawford's fastball so like he can pitch deeper in the games. Also, yep. Nick Pavetta, incredibly make sure inconsistent. He, ke- he keeps the sweeper. <laughs> make sure he keeps the sweeper. <laughs> he's been so inconsistent. It's like every year, it's like ah, he's gonna get bumped to the bullpen, and then he performs well in the bullpen, and then you're like you by the time like he's back to starting, like the season's lost, mm-hmm. and then you have hey Whitlock, Hauk, Winkowski. All guys who have shown that they could be really good in the bullpen, make them but starters. Not starting. Yeah. Not, Whitlock, to his credit, everyone said that winter weekend he looked great, like super like in shape and super strong. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Like it it doesn't take much for him to like tweak a hamstring or like mm-hmm. like pull a lat. Hauk shown he can't go deep into games. Winkowski. No, I mean, he has they, like the third rotation for Hauk was like his ERA jumped by like three, yeah, three it was runs like, in hit the batting going average. The third rotation was like oh yeah, it was the batting three. average. Yeah, it yeah, was, over it was three. crazy. 
Yeah. Like these guys can't pitch deep into games. You're you're expecting it, I uh, on one of the Fenway rundowns, Sean McAdam made a good point that with this rotation, you are hoping that all these guys can kind of uh take that next step to get better. You aren't yeah. expecting anything, which is the big problem. Like yeah, maybe Andrew Bailey can't do it, but you're putting so much pressure on him by not getting someone like like Montgomery, who is more of a who is a proven commodity. Like he's right. been super steady ever since like he left New York, and even in yep. New York, he was pretty steady too. Or even and, like and like, I don't see where the negative is to like investing in signing a guy like Montgomery for five years, let's say. Mm-hmm. And so that gives you a rotation of, you know, it, it gives you Montgomery, Gilito, Bayo, Pavetta, probably Crawford. Cutter Crawford. Yeah. That's a good rotation. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that's such a solid. Right. That's solid in the fact that you like Cutter Crawford, you can definitely experiment with. Gilito, mm-hmm. I mean, at the very least, he's going to give you innings. But the problem with that is, too, if, if Gilito has a good year, He's opting out. Yeah. So, like, you can't – yes, you you need to compete this year, but, like, you know, the world continues to spin. There's another season next year. Mm-hmm. You, that's just another spot you're going to have to fill. So, like, signing yeah, Montgomery right. for five years gives you some sense of security for, like, two, three years down the road. Like, okay, right. we don't need to spend uh, $20 on another pro- – or $20 million on another project like right. we can we can settle for someone in like the the Michael Lorenzen tier for maybe like 12 mil a year and yep and say for some reason by some miracle we have two guys that in the in the minors that develop in the mm-hmm. over the next 2 years you know by that point Gilito's gone mm-hmm. so you're down basically to Brian Bayo Pavetta Pavetta's, if he's good well, Pavetta's gone too this is his last year before they oh, have to well, extend him Christ yeah. So then you're looking at Bayo and then Hauk, Winkowski, Whitlock. Whitlock, and Crawford as your starters. Like if you it, and then like by some like I said by some miracle if you have two dudes in two years who are ready to be MLB starters, mm-hmm. you still have what two more <laughs> spots to fill after that? Yeah. Whereas if you lock down a front like that, you can at least say, okay, well we got. One, two. We got that solid, at the very mm-hmm. least. And then we can work on maybe trying to bring Pavetta back if he does really well. And we got the two guys that come up from the... But that's all if there's a miracle. And they don't have yeah. anyone coming up in the minors. <laughs> like, so it's like, like what are you top, doing? Their top three pitching prospects, Wickelman Gonzalez, probably, they don't think he can be a starter just because he his command is terrible. Dick Fitz just got him. He might be a uh, uh, reliever because he only really has two pitches. Luis Perales, he's in high A. Yeah, all right. Like he's no, he's not close. I am terrified, and they're saying the same thing with him. Like good fastball, doesn't really know where it's going. Mm. So he's he might be a closer too. And I I, I fear for him that he's going to become what Brian Mata is. Like mm. Brian Mata was like that guy. He was like. The most electric pitching prospect we had in the system. They had to add him to the forty man like kind of early because uh, he was an international guy, so he was around in the system for 
the four or five years. Yep. And then once he's added, then injuries start to pile up to now he's out of options. He has to be on the major league roster. Um, Hasn't shown enough at AAA for you to feel comfortable with him in the bullpen. Yeah. So now it's like you're probably just going to have to trade him if you yep. if you don't like what you see. And I'm worried yep. that's going to happen with Perales too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a real tough situation, and you're just you're just making it even tougher. You're basically making that making it so that you're going to have to sign four pitchers in free agency one year, yeah, or at least three, which is, I mean, you can fix all of that by locking in a guy for five years and then working on it over the next couple. Yeah, I mean, like this draft, I, I said it last time or maybe the a while ago, but like where they're projected, where they're picking, which is twelfth. That's kind of where, like, some of the arms are probably going to start coming off. And none of them are going to be as good as, like, like last year was Paul Skeens and Rhett Lauder and mm-hmm. uh, Chase Dolander. Those guys were, like, studs of studs. This year, it's like, no, these, these guys are good. But, like, some of the top guys are like, yeah, he's probably going to be a number five. Like, at best, maybe a number three. Like, mm-hmm. I would love for them to get Hagen Smith left-hander out of uh, Arkansas, but again, then you have to worry about developing him. And uh, all of this is banking on prospects. Exactly. Which is the absolute just biggest crap show because you never... I mean, you literally just gave an example with Brian Mata. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, this guy projects to be amazing, absolutely electric, Oh, injuries are piling up. Now he's out of options. Now it, he's not ready, but he can't go back yeah. to the minors. So he what do you do? He spent his entire oh, minor kinda... league career like as a starter. Command wasn't great. And again, the Red Sox pitching development has been very shitty for like ever. Mm-hmm. So like now it would have been a perfect time for him to be in the minors now that they have like kind of revamped everything. Mm-hmm. But nope, now he's got to... He's got to, like, catch on fast. But um, getting into that, uh, Craig Breslow spoke to uh, Pete Abraham of Boston Globe, and he was asked about if uh, he believes ownership is committed to competing at the highest level. And (laughs) it's a big quote. Um, (laughs) I'm just going to cut to the middle part where uh, it gets kind of relevant. But he says, I think there's a reality that – I think the reality is that it's going to require a step forward from the young position players. It's going to re- require the build-out of a talent po- pipeline of arms that we can acquire, we draft, we can develop internally. And it's going to require aggressive player development in the minors and major leagues so that so guys that uh, we think are the next wave, Meyer, Anthony, and Teal, that group are not just big leaguers, but impact big leaguers. Mm. Spelling it out that... Development is the only is in their minds. That's that's the only way that the Red Sox are going to get better, which is like small market mentality. Oh my god, yeah. Because like like think about it. Like the Red Sox are worth what? I think they were the, they're worth five the billion. Fourth, fifth, fourth or fifth highest team value in the entire league. Third, maybe even. Uh, probably. Uh, like I know they're worth like five billion, close yeah, to. But I'll, I'll look it worth up. Worth five billion dollars. They are 
uh, in one of the one of the biggest markets for sports in general in the country, and mm-hmm. they have consistently in their history been yeah number three there you go they've consistently been at the highest payroll in in the league and now all of a sudden well this is not the way we can do things it pisses me off so much hearing sam kennedy and tom warner say (laughs) oh um like at the end of the day you don't get the award for the highest payroll but like you guys Every World Series you've won this century, 2004, top three, 07, top three, or top five, maybe, 2013, top five, 2018, I'm pretty sure they're one or two. Like, yeah, you don't. Spending wins. (laughs) We get it. Like, the, the Mets, the Padres, Yankees all had super high payrolls, didn't even make the playoffs. Dodgers had a super high, uh, payroll. Uh, no, they got under luxury tax last year so that they could spend $1.2 billion this offseason. Yep. Um, like, yes, you're right. You don't get an award for spending the most, but you need talented MLB players right. to win. Yeah. Like, we, right. I know we just saw a team like the, the, um, the Diamondbacks just get their way into the playoffs or get their way to the World Series. I don't know how you see that as the best model when the team that won it, Texas, found a way to develop guys internally, identify that they... Because they were, like, last in the West when they, Mm -hmm. like, gave a ton of money to Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, and then the very next year spent a ton of money getting DeGrom, trading for Scherzer... Mm-hmm. Uh, trading for Montgomery, signing Yavaldi, and then they won the World Series. Like yeah. it's not even. It's like hey, hey, especially on the pitching side. Like four Who of your you five, have? four of your five starters are a guy you signed, a guy you signed, a guy you traded for, and a guy you signed. <laughs> mm-hmm. When like, the Red Sox I mean, have won, guess who their ace was? Chris Sale, David Price, Rick Porcello, guys. They didn't develop like yes john lester was a big part of 07 2013 you know who else was, were big parts of that josh beckett big trade uh a fuck face who we will not mention by name in 04 big signing <laughs> um, yep because you aren't developing these like aces like clemens isn't walking through the door pedro was another trade yeah he was not even a, a development he was he was a trade yeah, it's like the blue you have set the blueprint four freaking times and now you're like no oh, this, well, is this isn't act- the way this, this is, is the way win. we win we're gonna win by uh building inwards out all these minor leaguers that maybe they have to hit now and like breslow said in it they they can't just hit like be big leaguers they have to be stars yeah like yeah so now you're putting just undue pressure on your three top prospects which again prospects are a shit show in that some pan out some don't you Mm. never you you really truly truly never know with prospect and i so hope i hope to god i hope to the god that i don't believe in that that all three of those guys turn out to be superstars Mm -hmm. it's not gonna happen 
No, it's there's not, a, it's just not. There's a very good chance. <laughs> yeah. Let's Kyle Teal, I think he probably he might have like the lowest ceiling of the group. What if he's just like Christian Vasquez again? Like that mm-hmm. was yo, he was a steady presence behind the plate, but like they happily were like looking to trade him. Like he wasn't the star yeah. that they they I'm sure wanted him to be. He was steady, but like and, what if, and at this point in this point now, it's not even like, oh, what if he becomes Christian Vasquez? It's like, what if he's just just good? And he's not yeah. like in and he's not a perennial all star. Yeah. And that's the pressure you're putting on these guys. What, like what if he's Connor the, Wong, essentially? Yeah. Like what if he's good? And mm-hmm. and like that's your 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 like disappointment scenario is like you know, same thing with, with Marcelo Meyer. Like this guy's been hyped up for what, three years now? Two years? Yeah. And and like now it's like, okay, well you have to be our next superstar. Like you yeah. got to be basically our our Derek Jeter. He literally you know, just you lost his season to a, he lost a season to a shoulder injury. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Excuse me. So he he just lost pretty much a year of development. Yeah, like Roman Anthony has been flying through the system, but like he had ten games at Double A. <clears throat> what if he hits a snag there? Like mm-hmm. double from outside of like jumping from the minors to the majors. Going from single A to double A is like the hardest adjustment because that's when people like pitchers start to be able to like locate their stuff. Mm-hmm. Once they actually are able to like pitch, not just throw the ball. So yeah. what what happens if he hits a snag in his development? And he doesn't those numbers that got him like shooting up prospect rankings. What if those aren't the same? Like th- it's th- all variable. But if and if yeah. you don't supplement your major league roster to an, be like, okay, well, we're going to sign these guys on shorter deals, sure, but we got to spend the money to do that mm-hmm. to be able to make sure that one, the team is competitive now, and two, to make sure that like when these guys are ready, there's not the pressure for them to be superstars. And that's how exactly how they've done it. Yeah. But in the past, it's been like, well, it's helped that they've had like Ortiz, Manny's, mm-hmm. um, guys who like could ease the way for like when Dustin Pedroia and Jacoby Ellsbury came up or like um when Xander came up in uh 2013 like there's right. there's been pieces even Xander when he came up he wasn't wasn't perfect wasn't great no. really even he he wasn't beating it out Stephen Drew bit. for the shortstop job yeah it it wasn't it, you know it wasn't an instant development mm-hmm. like they're putting all their eggs in the basket that not one not two all three of these guys like hit the ground running mm-hmm. and they can hit the ground running fast because they were saying yep. it at winter weekend. Like they're not looking to be like losers. They want to be winning. Like they want to be contending for playoffs, all that. But your actions are saying, well, we want to win, but it's going to depend on if these guys are good or not. It's not our fault if they're not. Like, yeah right. We we did all we could. We wait. We it's waited like, for them. Like them yeah. saying like, "Oh, we've protected these guys so much." Like it's on them now. It's like God, help them. Yeah. Like right. you, you, give them you're someone. Not, you're like, not helping. Yeah. <sighs> I, mean, I know. This is where it's getting. It's getting. It's getting and, frustrating. And these <laughs> were just. These were just like the interviews they were doing. Like. Before Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> uh, well, and then Tom Werner, he spoke with uh, Sean McAdam, oh, Mass Live. 
Oh my god, I, I, what a fucking liar and a prick. Hey, full throttle isn't the most artful way to put it. Oh my god, I just live my life full throttle. Shut the it's fuck like, up. Yeah, okay. Sure, dude. You're a you're an old white guy. You're not living anything full throttle. Full throttle <laughs> is opening like uh, a nice 1992 vintage of uh, Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah, not even Sauvignon Blanc. You don't age that, but like a nice red. <laughs> and um, but yeah. He was saying how they've already kind of established, like, they're they're setting the framework f- to fire uh, Craig if things don't pan out. Like mm-hmm. he said, uh, in the end, we don't have a line in terms of our payroll that we look, uh, which lie, lie. Uh, straight lie, Come <laughs> straight on, up guys. lie, <laughs> uh, that we look at as much as trusting that Craig Breslow is going to deliver on his assurance that we're going to be competitive. It's like, hey, man, you said you'd build a winner. Where is it? Yeah, where's our winner, guy? It's like motherfucker, you you literally said the payroll was not going to be an issue, and then conveniently after like all the season tickets renew, it's like actually our payroll is going to go down. Yeah, it's going to be lower. Don't a worry, payroll it's gonna be that lower. was already underneath the the luxury tax can't pay it this year. We'll mm. try again next year, but maybe it's going to be Probably even not. lower. Definitely not. Yeah. Like there's a lot of aces <sighs> who are going to hit the market next year. None of them are coming. They're to not going to. Yeah, None they're not going to sign a single I am, one. We I am do- banking on it now. Max Fried not coming. Corbin Burns not coming. Walker Bueller not coming. Yeah, just I. I think the thing that that, that really you know it stood out to me on on his comments too. Aside from the full throttle thing, which is like just a, the biggest uh, t- uh, backtrack in mm-hmm. in the game right now. But, like, they're already saying, oh, well, we were in on Yamamoto. You know, no. we, tr- we tried, guys. We really mm. tried. I'll tell you what, man. We gave we it a can- great shot. We tried to get Yamamoto. It- Look, we, you know, we're not going to tell you goes, what we offered him. Like, every other team has said, like, oh, we offered him this much. We don't need to do that. And my theory is they offered him something, like, insultingly low, like 200 mil, 250 or something like that. And they thought, like, just by the way they talked about why, like, their ticket prices are so high, they, they probably, they 1,000% thought that they could sell him on, like, oh, but Fenway, like, wouldn't you want to play yeah. here? Look at look at the rings we've won. Like, Look at the monster, we, man. You want to play with the monster. It's exactly what, like, Sam Kennedy was saying when they were talking about uh, replacing Bloom. It was, like, uh, when he was asked, like, oh, like, you're getting a lot of no's. Like, care to comment on it? He's like, well, we just want it more here. Like, it just means more. I a thousand percent guarantee that you that, that that was part of their pitch. Like, hey man, the Mets might offer you three hundred million. One fifty. They're not Fenway. They don't have Fenway. Listen, twenty eighteen. You remember that? <laughs> we won. Wink, wink. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Winter Weekend while we're while we're on it. Oh my God, I Sam Kennedy. I get it. <laughs> he is hired to be the PR guy. He's the CEO and president. Just mm-hmm. just so that Tom Werner and John Henry, who couldn't even bother show up, don't have to uh, talk. I get it. He's just a PR guy. I can't fucking stand him anymore. Mm. I I. I, I know he's a local guy. I know he's a big fan of the team. 
I don't care anymore. Like, they're sending him out there to die, and he is just happily like it up. He's happily doing it. To be fair, to to make it not completely negative, I I will give them a little bit of credit for actually going and standing up in front of the fans and and just saying anything and taking it because they did. Mm -hmm. They took it. You know, him, Kennedy, Tom Werner, they both took it. You know, yeah. although Tom I, Warner did kind of walk yeah. out yeah. before I the end. I was going to say, until <laughs> Tom, Warner, Tom Warner just walked out like mid Sam Kennedy talking. Yeah. Um, at least at least they took it. John Henry, the owner too of the franchise. Busy. Principal owner, by the way. Principal. Yeah. Too busy scheduling conflicts. Couldn't make it. Hasn't talked to the media in five years. Spineless, just absolutely spineless. What man. do you mean scheduling conflict for your own team? These are events yeah. that you are putting on. Uh, I didn't like, line up with my yacht trip that I had down in the listen, Cayman I'm, Islands. Oh, I'm going to be in Saudi Arabia that. working on a deal at get PGA and uh, the <laughs> Lyft Golf. I'm I'm trying to get in on that. Um, yeah, they kudos to them. They showed up. Yes. I wish they just showed Everything up. Everything else was shit. <laughs> I I wish they just showed up and didn't say a damn thing because, yeah. like we said earlier, Sam Kennedy said payroll is going to be lower than 2023, which we know was set at 225. Currently, they're at like 201, 202. I said it a couple weeks ago, I think. That's probably the line in the sand for them. Like, mm-hmm. You can't spend more than 200, yeah. really, is what it's sounding yeah. like. The second that uh, Catillo came out and said that, like, uh, they were telling agents they had to cut payroll before they can offer a contract, when they were at this exact same spot at the 200 mil line, Mm -hmm. that was a sign, like, yeah, they are not spending at all. No. Um, But, Uh, Tom, like you said, Tom Werner spoke. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, Um, no, no. Go ahead. Well, Again, real real condescending prick. Um, <laughs> again, <laughs> again, he came out and Just said, "Like, yeah, fans. Of course, they want to see stars, but what they really want is talent. Same thing, and talent that performs exceptionally well. No shit. And I'm optimistic about this 24 roster that has made no move of impact outside of getting rid of people." And not even entertaining and, bringing, like, fan favorites back like Justin Turner. And it's like, what, what, is that, what does that even mean? This what motherfucker mean? literally <laughs> said, on the day of the Craig Breslow presser, like, introductory presser, you need great players. It's not about selling the appeal of the team. It's about having great players. And generally, you need to have players with high war to be a winner. Rafi Devers is a star who will be with us a long time, but we need to complement him with other talent. When you look back, we need to have stars that you need. You need to have stars with high war to win in this league. Like, does he think we're stupid? Yeah, it's like, and it's like, it's like he does like they they want to see stars, but what we really want to see is talent. We we want to see. What do you think? What do you what do you think? You're gonna get an eight war player for a million dollars a year? No, fuck no. <laughs> Listen, we're hell? all we're all high on Will Your Abreu replacing Alex Verdugo, I'm sure, Von Grissom finally stepping in a second. The expectation is league average. Mm. Like if cause 
last year was so bad in terms of like like shortstop and uh, second base production. It's like average is a step up. Yeah, that's that's sad. And like um, the fact that like it's like the whole like stars versus talent like s- talent costs money. You know, you're not going to get a guy who's a, an incredible player who's going to, you know, really elevate your squad for the price of a prospect. And that's mm-hmm. basically what they're trying to look for right now. Is like min-maxing their their spend level here and it's not going to work. It's just, it's, I think it's just re-emphasizing uh, again like these young guys have to have to do well because those are the guys that we have, and we're not looking to add anything more outside of like fucking Adam Duvall. Like, yeah. And 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 then his his continued quote, Mister Werner, too mm-hmm. focused on two words, full thr- being full throttle. You're a journalist, you know that's a little overblown. Full throttle is the way I live my own life. That 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 continued to just spew out words. But, like, the trying to take that, and I, I don't have the original quote from the presser about the full throttle stuff, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like he, he just, like, off offhand, like, was like, oh, yeah, full throttle, we're, we're you know, we're trying, we're gonna, you know, do whatever, it was like, he made it a point, like, this year, it's full throttle, <laughs> yeah. like, we're going, <laughs> I was like, okay, guys, come on. You're journalists. You do this all the time. He's like passing you the blame onto word. the reporters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, come on, dude. Like, we have. You said it. <laughs> we have the video of you saying it. Yeah. And, it and it's like when you went uh talked to uh, McAdam, it was like, oh, well, I meant to say we're going to try to pull all the levers uh, to uh, get better, which they really haven't done either. No. The only <laughs> they thing. Don't, they, they haven't. The only thing they've done to get better is get Andrew Bailey, essentially. It's literally, it's, it's like what they've done is they've like opened the door and be like, huh? Oh, no. <laughs> no. We don't want that. <laughs> I, I think I said it before. It's like they took two steps forward, one step back when uh, they signed Giolito and then traded Sale for Grissom. Like, yeah, you got, mm-hmm. a, you got a second baseman. I think he'll be fine. But again, with the young guys, there's always the chance that mm-hmm. he's not. You never know. And then you just swapped out Chris Sale for Lucas Giolito, who again, I I'm praying and hoping that Andrew Bailey is like working his magic and trying to fix him, which uh, sounds like they've already identified some things that he can tweak to uh, with his mechanics to get better. But mm-hmm. get, you're just you're hoping for way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, he was also saying how like. Uh, uh, they wouldn't even be in this conversation if they just had average defense. Uh, someone told him like they would have nine to ten more wins if they had average defense, which is a complete lie. You, you know, want to know how you would have nine to ten more wins if you had more than two starters in the middle of the summer. Oh when my you god! Had, you were literally sending like Brandon Bernardino and Nick Pavetta out there for like piggyback starts every uh, every fourth day every third day yeah. yeah they literally had three starters and were running it, and to be fair like before the middle of the year cutter crawford was not a starter he was no, very he was much a reliever and he kicked ass and i fucking love that he kicked ass because mm-hmm. really he deserves that starting spot now because he just took it and said you know what i'm gonna be the guy mm-hmm. and came in and be, was that third starter 
And then it was like, okay, well, we're going to have this reliever pitch the first inning, and then we're going to run Nick Pavetta out for long relief for seven innings. And then, uh, oh, here's a situation where, well, we're kind of out of it. This game's not super competitive. Here's, here's a guy who's going to give Zach up 18 Wise. runs in two. Yeah, here's a guy who's going to give up 18 runs in two innings. We'll the let Kyle him Bear just Claw ride game. it out. Yeah. It's like, what are we doing? Like, Yeah. It's like, you want... And guess what? You want to know how you get those pitchers? You pay them. Spend money. <laughs> like, yeah, I get it. You spend money. I, I get it. You had the best offer for uh, Nate Eovaldi before. He declined it, saw the market wasn't what he wanted, and by the time that he came back, he had already signed Jansen Martin and Yoshida. I get it. Could you imagine how much just – they were, like, in it up until the deadline. Could you mm-hmm. imagine just having Eovaldi? And I know, like – his arm kind of like started to tail off, like his velo was down. But mm-hmm. just having that presence, yeah, and just, the season he had too, yeah, like get, having Nate Yavaldi is not going to guarantee you like a wild card. But it's you're so much closer to being in that conversation where like Nate's never going to give up on a team. Yeah, it's also going to give you stability, which yeah. is like a key word you, here. Jordan Montgomery was literally available at the deadline to to trade for. And mm-hmm. they were like, mm, he's a good lefty who's giving like six innings a start. But have you seen this Brandon Bernardino kid? <laughs> like he's, that's got, lefty, he's got spunk. We want him. That's that lefty starter we need. Yeah, he's going to give yeah. you two innings, but... <laughs> It'd be a hype two innings. Yeah. No. I, look. I mean, and, and I, you you bring up a good point too of like that the team last year for all its faults and for the as poor defense they had, they were in it for up until up into the summer. They mm-hmm. were in it, and then guys started to get a little hurt. They had to start going to the bullpen. They had guys the two starters. Caring. Guys stopped. Yeah. And then it was like, yep, tank. Yeah, once but September hit, have, it was just... If you have the, the, the pitching set, that team can win. They proved mm-hmm. it. I So, like... It's... It, you know, not to, to rag on Heim, because I, at the end of the day, that that was a, a rotation that was put together on, like, like duct tape and uh, string. Mm-hmm. Like, banking on... Uh, James Paxton coming off a year where he didn't pitch. He hadn't thrown a ball in like two years. He was good for like a couple, like a handful of starts. And mm-hmm. then kind of as expected, as the Tailed season off. wore on, he just fell off. Couldn't, the it mm-hmm. just wasn't there. Obviously, Corey Kluber. <sighs> just, just a mess of an idea. Um, but it's just like you're taking all the wrong lessons from your failures. It's not like, yes, the defense had to get better. It did once Story came back healthy. Um, mm-hmm. The problem is you just had no pitching. And once again, you're not going to have any established pitching. Yeah. And like, the and like you can, with good pitching, you can hide a, a average or just below average defense. Like if you have mm-hmm. a guy who doesn't give up a lot of hits or like, 
you know, doesn't go out there and have eight hits in the first two innings, you're you're not giving guys an opportunity to mess up as much. But when you have an average defense or even a little bit below average defense, and you combine that with a pitcher who's going to go out there and like, okay, well, in the first four innings, he's going to right, he's going to give up ten hits, and you know they're not going to be just like, you know, like oh, this is a liner, it's a single, you know, kind of thing. That's going to happen. Like Mm -hmm. here's a ground ball to here, you know, and you're you know, you're giving the team an opportunity, more and more of an opportunity to make an, an error, which is not what you want to do with the average defense Mm -hmm. but anyways i want to talk about before we wrap wrap up i want to talk about probably my (laughs) yes and you have it highlighted my favorite quote of the entire winter weekend uh this was from uh pete abraham from winter weekend talking to sam kennedy um that mr kennedy said that the Sox quote didn't match up with any of the top free agent pitchers, yes, financially. And when Abraham asked about high ticket prices, given that Werner said that they're selling the Fenway Experience and student tickets are affordable. How out of touch, just absolute. I don't even. I don't even. It's appalling that an owner of a team would say so. Hey, man. <clears throat> Fenway's a pretty great place. You know what you can get at Fenway? Great views. Great views <laughs> off the fence because the seats the are po- aren't even pointed at the field. They're just f- pointed forward. Whether yep. or not that's looking at the field, that is not our problem. Uh, great food. Uh, great food, water, guys. Watered down ketchup. Super high-priced yeah. beer. You know, $15 beer, $20 hot dog, you know, whatever. Super uncomfortable seats. And the the history, man. You see but, that monster. You know what? I'll tell you, you what. You see man. that monster. I'll not tell you what. Has that? Not everyone can. I know not everyone can afford a ticket, but don't worry. The student discount. Those students. Oh. Those students can afford it, man. It's like, are you serious? I couldn't. I honestly couldn't believe you said that. I honestly couldn't believe. Hey, your ticket prices. Your team's not good, but you're still charging the highest amount in baseball for tickets. Mm-hmm. What's the deal? Well, don't, don't worry. worry. We got student discounts, man. Student discounts. Maybe like I don't know the demographic of their ticket their their ticket holders, but I think it's I mean, it's, it's pretty fair to say that that's probably a small portion. Uh, yeah. Oh. Oh. Really? Oh. Oh. Really? You mean everyone that's not eighteen to twenty two is a student? Is can afford? Can qualify for student <laughs> for student discounts? <clears throat> yeah. And to go back to the Kennedy one, like how they don't match, they didn't match up on any top free agent pitchers. Bullshit. Uh, yeah. What do you need? Pitching. What do you have? Money. <laughs> what do they want? Money. Wow, it matches. <laughs> wow, look at that. <laughs> like, what do you mean? What is? It, what does that even mean? Didn't match up. I don't even know what that means. Hey, we. Like, you know what it means? It means hey, we don't want to pay you. Yeah. You want to be paid? Sorry. You don't want to work Sorry, minimum wage we don't here? Have that. Sorry. Mm. Like, uh, but Jordan like, Montgomery, I get it. You're living in Boston at the moment. Like, you want you want seven seven years? Best we could do is two. Mm. I mean, it is literally like a slap in the face to every mm-hmm. Red Sox fan. I mean, I couldn't even imagine being like 
my father's age growing up watching watching the team they them being constantly bad you know watching the curse and then being like oh they're finally going to get well i can't go to a game now cuz the tickets I'm cost 280 dollars yeah and then to have the owner who's a billionaire by the way you know these guys mm-hmm. aren't like you know they they have a lot of money saying like we get we hear you we hear you we know but the Fenway experience and also student tickets can be are, are affordable. Yeah, we want. What does that even mean? <laughs> we want to foster families here. That's why your family of four is going to pay five hundred bucks for tickets, not including parking, not including all like any merchandise you get, any any food you get, any drinks you get. Mm. Five hundred to fucking sit down. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, 500 to sit your ass in a seat and watch a team lose 87,000 games this season. Yeah, it's like, ah, oh, man, isn't it so great? Your 500 bucks is going into uh, this product on the field as it's like 6-3 to three in the sixth inning. Uh, Giolito's out of the game because he gave up three home runs, and now it's like, yeah. a pitch, it's like Chris Murphy just in the like, firefighter role of just like, Put this shit fire out, man. Yeah, man. Let's move oh. on to the next game. Yeah, it's like, the amount ah. of games, too, that last season where it was like, yeah, it's a one-run game, but we'll get them tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like what? And no, that was, that was just incredibly insulting. It's funny, too, because there's been a lot of talks about, like, boycotting, like, people were canceling, canceling their nests and... Not by uh, canceling their uh, um, season tickets. I I don't I don't care if you boycott or not. Um, but there's nothing you can do of any substance or of any substance that's going to influence these billionaires. No. Oh, it's like oh you you think that um, if you don't buy a ticket, then they're gonna notice. They're gonna be like oh man. Like, if only our, if only Fenway was full right now. Like when they're not even at like half the games. Mm-hmm. But if you don't buy a ticket, someone else will. That's that's just the reality of it. Um, yeah, and according to a, a study by Statista for 2023, um, the Red Sox had the third highest average ticket price in 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, at a hundred and seventy dollars a ticket, where is that money going? Um, because it's not going back to the you. team. We no, know exactly go- where it's going. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to buying up real estate in the area so that uh they could try to draw more people in. Uh, mm-hmm. Pat Light was on Name Redacted, and he was ta- he. Like normally, it's kind of like more of a, a goofy setting, but he actually had some good points about how, um, like Fenway is like this consistent revenue stream. They're what they're doing is they're taking like the profits from that, and instead of reinvesting it into uh, like the Red Sox, they're taking it and get and expanding their ventures to get more streams of income. Mm-hmm. Like he was saying, how if he owns a bunch of bars, it's like. If I'm making a ton of profit from this one bar, why would I like I could like get better stools, get better TVs, or I can go and buy another bar. 
Yeah, right. And now I have double the revenue. Now I have two bars that are going to bring me income. Mm-hmm. And that's just like, it really is a no-win situation. Like, mm-hmm. ownership has shown that, like, they can be bullied into making a big move here and then. Like, Rafael Devers probably is not a Red Sox for the next 12 years, if not for people after, like, the fallout of missing out on Xander and trading Mookie. Like, people honestly were, I feel like, going to burn Fenway down. Oh, yeah. Again. It It was going to be a riot. Yeah. I think in a couple years, maybe they'll look to spend again. But that's mm-hmm. only if, as we to wrap it up, that's only if Roman Anthony is a star, Marcelo Meyer is a star, Kyle Teal is a star, yeah. guys like Nick York and Vaughn Grissom, whichever one is still here, they're stars. One of these pitchers develops and is an ace. Then they'll look to spend again. You'd be lucky if you get one person. To, to become a star. Lucky mm-hmm. if you get one. To bank on, what is that, now seven in the next two years to become stars? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just that's just crazy. Go, it, yeah. de- it defies all logic and statistics in the history of, of baseball. And you know what? You know what just I just I remembered and it's already it just pissed me off. <laughs> I saw that reaction too. Yeah. I saw that visceral reaction, and we're gonna we have it on camera too. That that like visceral reaction. <laughs> yeah. So, it was, Brian Bayo went on a podcast and was talking about how they had talked about like extensions, and then the Red Sox told him like, yeah, they they get around to it, and he's heard nothing about mm. it same with Costas. i i feel like he's come out a couple of times and said yeah like i'm open to it but i haven't been offered anything yet like this is the young core that you're saying that you've been waiting for and building around and you're just gonna you're gonna do the same thing you did to mookie and xander you're just gonna like string them along Jerk them around yeah yeah to the point where like you know five Five years from now, they're about to hit free agency. It's like, oh, we'll give you, we'll give you uh, like half of what you're worth if you were to test free agency. But you'll do it for us, right? Mm. Like, you want to build around a core, but you don't want to cement that core. Yep. Just make it make sense. Yep. Yep. And and not to mention that along with all of this, the high ticket prices and, you know, the jerking around of the fans and the players. Nesson, owned by Fenway Sports Group, $30 a month. So, For you know. Sh- did you see the, the Bruins game where they, like, I don't know what the fuck happened to it, but they had, um, it was, like, such a bad, like, like uh, visual error where it was, like, the game was being mirrored. There was like a big gray bar across the entire thing. Like Nesson is nice. such a shitty product too. Like yeah. on the TV, it's fine, but like the Nesson Go, I've tried to use it, unusable. Don't mm. even bother. Yeah, and but thirty dollars a month for Nesson's oh, Nesson yeah, Plus, watch, the streaming service to watch the Red Sox, Charlie and the Moore Outdoor, fucking yeah. dining playbook. If that's still a thing. Totally worth the fucking money. I'm so pissed off now. I, <laughs> dude, that that is the piece that I I will <sighs> never ever get Nesson 
because I bought YouTube, or we had gotten YouTube TV. We still use YouTube TV. And Nesson used to be on YouTube TV. And then they took it off. It's, they were advertising, go to Nesson Plus. Watch all of our stuff. Nesson Plus, $30 a month for just Nesson. It's great. It's like I could pay for, at, at, at that time, Netflix, Max, uh, Disney Plus, at least all three of those for that same price. Mm-hmm. I've got a ton more content. I can see a lot more stuff. And I'm not lining the pockets of greedy billionaires. Well, I am. Well, but, yeah. you know, not <laughs> greedy billionaires for the Red Sox. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, too, so I touched on how Bali Sports went bankrupt. And now Amazon mm. Prime bought – they didn't buy them out, but they bought enough of them. for So now, like, a bunch of these sports teams that went through, like, Diamond Sports and Bali – now all their games are going to be on Amazon Prime. Cool. I love that. That's cool until you're a fan in that market and you don't want to pay for Amazon Prime. Blackouts are a bitch. Like yes, for you. Except at least Amazon Prime though is affordable. Yeah, like you can pay what 10, 12 dollars a month and even then that's and still you get better fairly, services. Right. Cuz you, you still have Prime Video and you still have Amazon Prime. Yeah, right. Nesson three Nesson three sixty is literally just Nesson and the ability for John Henry to ram his dick in your ass and say thanks for the dollars, Jesus. Bucky boy. Yeah, um, I mean they what is it like ninety million dollars in revenue last year from Nesson three sixty, and they can't take that and Jesus say okay, well, Christ. we'll give you we'll give that towards some MLB. Co- no, no, I'm gonna t- thank you very much. Right in the pocket. All we're right. gonna, we need we're to gonna, wrap this up. <laughs> we're gonna buy a bar across the street. <laughs> but just to wrap that thought up, it's like you don't have Nesson. Like I got NBA TV because I don't live. Mm. Like I don't have NBC Boston. Yeah, you're uh, not so, technically in the market. Yeah, you can't do that with MLB TV because you're in nope. the blackout zone. Mm-mm. My Anyone only Bo- option is Nesson. Same here, as I get Nesson. Um, yep. And either you have cable, which is expensive. You buy yep. Nesson three hundred and sixty, which is expensive, or it's Fubo TV for like seventy five dollars a month because you need basic Fubo plus the sports package. Mm-hmm. It's like it's unaffordable. I can't. I can't. I'm getting so mad. <laughs> it, thank you. Uh, the the point of this podcast was for us to vent, and by the end, just. Get everything off our chest, and we are mm-hmm. leaving madder than we were when we started. Yeah, you know, good. Some good news to end this off. Uh, Tristan Casas is just a lovable human being. Mm-hmm. Um, it was he went to uh, the Trevor Stories uh, rookie camp. He didn't have to be there. It's morally. It was mainly meant for like, you know, the middle infielders or like the the prospects. Uh, to understand what it's like to be a big leaguer, he was there because he wanted to like spend time with his teammates and future teammates. Uh, the rookie development uh, that was just for the prospects or like the young guys. He literally flew in the day after his birthday just because he wanted to be around them. Mm-hmm. Like that's what you call a leader, and that's yeah. a guy that you need to sign immediately. He is the guy who's. I think him and Story are the guys who are stepping up to become those leaders you paid story please pay Cassis. he yeah. he's just the one that all the fans are gravitating towards and that's just someone who 
like, yeah, we're pissed that you didn't pay for pitching, but like, yeah, I still get to watch Tristan Costas sock like 30 dingers. Like, that's cool. Yeah. I just, I know it will never happen. I know it won't ever happen. But I hope, and I pray that this Red Sox team this year is so good. Uh-huh. It's so good, and they win the World Series. And when they roll out that championship trophy, and John Henry says, you know, guys, we did it, every single one of them just gives them the big, the biggest, want, the fattest middle finger. said, we did like, this, not you. It's the it's the Pitt and Duke picture where, like, the guy, um, he had, like, seven threes or whatever, and then the the Pittsburgh beat Duke, and he just jumps up in front of, like, the entire Duke student section, and everyone is flipping him off. Yeah, that's what it's going to be like. But I want Tristan Costa to steal that mic away. He's probably going to be shirtless because he just (laughs) seems like that type of dude. And he's like, (laughs) Boston. (laughs) Yeah, I that is my biggest. I know it'll never happen. I know they're Mm -hmm. not going to be good this year. And I know they I know that there is zero world where that would ever happen. Yeah. But man, that would just be the so satisfying for them to just be like, you know what? In spite of all of this, we did this because we're a fucking team, and this mm. is what we do, and you didn't help us. We did this. Yeah. Also, Marcelo Meyer got, like, a lot of uh, spotlights, too. Another mm. really cool dude. Like, mm-hmm. he's a guy who uh, the, all the videos from the rookie development the, were coming out, like, them talking to, like, the young kids for a camp. He, I think he's going to be in the same tier as Casas when he shows up. Like mm-hmm. we're just going to so. gravitate towards him. I hope so. Well, we have oh. gone long. Yeah, we, we got to end this. We got a lot of thoughts out. I think it was yep. a very productive vent sesh. Mm. Um, maybe they'll do something. Probably if they not. Do. If they do, it'll be great. I'm not expecting anything. Nah, it sounds like they're just. They're comfortable uh, as is, and yep, you know, God bless them. Yep. Well, all right. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode. If you liked what you listened to and like here listening to us, ream the uh, <laughs> the Red Sox ownership for an hour and fifteen minutes. Uh, leave a leave a rating, subscribe, comment. Um, you know, follow us on your favorite podcast platform. You can follow us on Twitter for all of our opinions on all sorts of stuff. Uh, regarding the Red Sox at Views Monster Pod, um, and you'll be able to see this episode on YouTube, so you can see us literally get disgusted talking about this stuff. You can see uh, my visceral reaction. <laughs> yeah, at Views from the Monster on on YouTube, uh, and yeah, I guess uh, we hopefully we'll have some more some moves to talk about next week. But either way, we will see you next time. Goodbye, everybody.